I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to another quarantine early work. Luckily for us, some builders have just started bashing a building to pieces next door to my house. There's literally a sign outside that says blasting in progress, which matches my blasting in progress sign outside my equally noisy for different reasons house. Anyway, I'm still finding pockets of silence to record early works in because frankly, it's all I have and it's all you have. This week's episode is with an actual poet. Finally, after all my years of writing poetry, all my weeks of reading it to unqualified comedians who don't know what the fuck they're talking about, still scoring me out of five on three categories, I get to present my work to an actual poet for some proper official feedback. The poet in question is Charlie Cox. She wrote She Must Be Mad. It was her debut collection that did very well. And then she followed it up with another book called Validate Me. Um, I recommend them both if you like poetry. And if you listen to this, you probably don't. But get them anyway. What she brought for us today wasn't particularly poem-based, but it definitely had some poetic elements. There's some little lyrics in there. There's some rhymes at the end. It's pretty poetic stuff in the end. But overall, she is our second fanfiction guest. So there's fanfic to look forward to. Um, and there's a twist in the fanfiction that almost rivals the twist in Glenn Moore's Gangster Story. So you've got that to look forward to. I hope you enjoy it. I'll see you on the other side. Goodbye. Joining me this week on another lockdown episode of Early Work is Charlie Cox. Hello, Charlie. Uh, hello, Rhys James. Um, for those of you that don't know, listeners, Charlie Cox is probably best known for when she came to watch me at the Soho Theatre. <laughs> maybe two years ago. Two years ago, was it? Yeah, it was on Valentine's Day. Oh, was it? Yeah. I'm sorry. Was that, I didn't remember that because that wasn't significant for me, but good to know that you... <laughs> oh, that hurts my poor broken heart. <laughs> Charlie, if I had to guess what you were like at school, which I do, because it's the first format point of the show, um, I have written the following. Well, first of all, surname is Cox, so that can't have helped. No, no, really, really horrific. My middle initial is also R, so I am C-R, Cox. Oh my god. How long did you try and keep the the middle initial a secret before people found out? 
Well, I mean, a really long time, actually, and quite successfully until I addressed it with my father and said, why the fuck have you done that? That's really cruel. And he thought it was the best thing that he'd ever done with his life was give his daughter such incredible initials. And every time somebody got in our car at school when we gave them a lift, he would tell them, um, did you know her initials are C.R. Cox? And a poor 14-year-old girl would look quite bewildered. And then it got out. <clears throat> oh my god so he so it was a prank so your name is a prank from your own father better, better still my middle initial stands for remy and he then also has led me to believe that my middle name is remy because i was conceived on remy martin cognac so i am just one giant <laughs> joke i'm one drunken <laughs> joke <laughs> oh my god is are you an only child i am is it surprising <laughs> He got, so he got the he got the prank out of his system, yeah. and he thought, "I don't need any more kids. I've got all my pranks in one name." What an asshole! What an asshole! <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. Well, that's only the first point. Um, second point is you. I know that you wrote poetry from quite a young age, and from experience, people don't do that unless they have to. <laughs> so it has informed this slightly. But then, like two days ago, you posted a picture of you as like an eight-year-old. And you did look very cheeky and like the sort of person who would be constantly back chatting to teachers, but in a lighthearted way where they kind of liked you for it. I mean, that might not be true. However, I've put as you got a bit older as a teenager, my guess is you had a full emo phase, seen kid haircut, eyeliner that's a full circle, badges on your backpack, too many bracelets, panic at the disco ticket stuck to your bedroom mirror. I think your daily routine was a battle through school, park, go to the park straight after school to smoke on the swings, buy an enemy magazine to look at pictures of the kooks, then back home to your room to send a million texts. Am I correct? Fucking hell! <laughs> I'm going to stop paying so much money for therapy and just start calling you instead. Um, there's absolutely none of that that isn't true. <laughs> um, yeah, actually. <laughs> um, no, they were they were for Two Door Cinema Club. So, you know, it was it was a, a, a softer emo edge. That was more, it was a more indie alternative route for me. Um, but yeah, I had, I bleached my hair blonde, um, cut it so it was like a pixie cut and then shaved aside. That was cool. Uh, my art teacher, who I've never forgiven for this, but was so on the nose. Maybe you two would be friends actually um, for such cutting remarks. Um, she said... God, it's just such a shame that you take your feelings out on your hair. What a bitch. What an absolute bitch. Um, yeah, that was really cruel. Um, I did used to battle through school, go to the corner shop. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, outside Oak and Grove, um, get someone outside to buy me cigarettes whilst I picked up a copy of Enemy magazine. <laughs> We'd go and sit behind, um, go and sit behind the tree, me and one of the boys from a couple of years above and i would smoke and pretend i knew everything about music what about badges badges on your backpack uh, yes i had uh, i actually had a badge maker so they were <laughs> <laughs> they were badges of oh my, my God. own design <laughs> which um, i didn't sorry when i said yeah, I was all. I, I I thought the badges on your backpack line was a bit insulting. I didn't realise I wasn't nearly accurate enough of how much of a loser you were. Oh, I, I was writing poetry at a young age. I was obviously a massive loser. What um what sort of badges would you make? Uh, 
it depended who, on who I fancied at the time. So depending on which boy in sick form that I thought was particularly fit that week, I would make something that made me seem more attractive to him. So it would either be one week, it might be really sort of like loosely football related. So um, I would find some, <laughs> God, I'd find some vintage uh, like old pictures of uh, various famous footballers, make them into badges. Thought that was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> some were uh some were song lyric that's so but that's song lyric badges uh song lyric badges um some of which were my own song lyrics just to prove that i had a personality and took my art very seriously and others i think at the time were probably what was that band called do you remember the cat empire <laughs> <laughs> no what are you talking about the cat empire yep great band uh <laughs> it was just a, a variation of edgy indie bands that i had probably listened to half of one song of picked out a lyric and thought yeah that's that's niche enough for people to go wow she's really cool were, were cat empire a popular band at your school no absolutely nobody had heard of them so Oh. Obviously, that did not work out for me. They just thought I was. And what about when you say, <laughs> when you say your own song lyrics? Are they um, they, are they songs that got made, or that you wrote? You just wrote lyrics for a band that didn't exist. <laughs> no, so my uh, my best friend at school uh, was a singer. She can or she could sing. She wasn't a singer. We were fourteen, um, and <laughs> I would write lyrics to the tunes of popular songs and she would re-record them for me <laughs> oh actual existing songs you wrote par- so you wrote parody songs basically but obviously they weren't they weren't parody Ruth they were uh, vastly improved versions of popular ah, songs in my they opinion were deadly serious mm. completely earnest mm-hmm. you know what I had completely forgotten that I also did that. Um, I was trying to sort of imply that you were lame, but I, my best mate at school was in a band. The band was called Without Reason. And uh, I used to, I wasn't even, this is the worst part. They didn't even ask me to write them lyrics. I just always did write lyrics and poems. And then I pitched them some lyrics and was like, what about this? And I think they used two lines from it. And then like, obviously to make me feel better, they were like, uh, he would just always bring up like, God, those lines you wrote for our song are just great. It's a shame without reason sort of disbanded quickly after as people. Um... What was the reason? Well, I don't know. I was just... It was in a little period of my life as a child where Scar was quite popular. <laughs> um... I don't really, that never really took off again, did it? But there was a little no. period where Scar came back and then so everyone was doing little Scar. But basically what would happen is that someone at school from a young age had been learning the trumpet. So then when everyone started making bands, the trumpeter was like, well, I want to be in one. So then they had to be a ska band because everyone else can play the guitar and drums. And so my lyrics there, which was something like um, the show, uh, life goes on just like the show. And then something about, um, I, I, I saw this line on a TV show on Trouble TV where someone said it felt like they were bungee jumping from the top of the sky. And I used to just plagiarize that in everything. I used to put that in everything I wrote. Bungee jumping from the... It was like a reality show. Someone was like, God, it was like bungee jumping from the top of the sky. And I was like, God, that's so deep. Beautiful. So then I, I put that in everything, yeah. I didn't put it on a badge, though, and put it on my backpack, to be fair. That's a huge shame. So you were writing poems. You were writing poems. You were making badges. 
Uh, <laughs> no end of my talents. <laughs> you were writing song lyrics. Is there any any other sort of were there any other creative outlets you had at school? Uh, Did you perform? Did you perform ever? No. So this will shock you, um, and and the world over. I was very shy uh, at school. I the first first three years of secondary school, I was a massive geek. Um, not surprising. And then I hit puberty and got boobs and straightened my hair and the popular girls welcomed me into the fold. Um, and I got to sit with them on the school field at lunchtime and giggle at boys kicking footballs at our heads. And I thought I'd made it. Um, so I then sort of grew this personality um, of being an asshole um, and had to keep all of my creative outlets private in case people thought I was lame. Oh shit! Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Because creativity is not encouraged in those environments. No, it's really, really lame. But it did mean that I found an online community of people who became my secret friends, and I would write them stories. You'd write stories for people on the internet. Yeah. So people would put in requests. Um, if they fancied a guy at school and they couldn't quite pluck up the courage to talk to him, but they just obsessed over him so much, I would I would write them personalised fan fictions. Oh, my God. For what? Commissions? For fun, ah. Reese. For, for fun. God, so you've been, you've been an influencer since you were six. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Came out of the womb with a hashtag spawn. Non-stop influencing since birth. This is incredible. I um, I just can't help it. I did this. I mean, this is mad. The parallels here are ridiculous. I was uh, constantly writing, creating shit at school. And then I was in a group of the lads that played football. So that wasn't encouraged and they didn't want to know about it. Uh, so I took to the internet. I entered short story competitions for a little while. That I think you had to pay to enter that was all a Ponzi scheme. But also I um, joined a website called Project Rockstar, which <gasps> was, why have you gasped? Have you heard of it? I think I remember Project Rockstar. Well, then you probably remember me. I was a pretty big deal on the forums. Um, Project <laughs> Rockstar. Recognised you. Project Rockstar was a uh, this like website where you are like manage. It's like an online game where you're like managing bands and like you have to try and get them to number one in the charts. It's all algorithmic, but like you also got extra points if you like designed a good album cover or stuff like that or like you it was all about getting money but it was all fake there was no real money in it but then on the forums you'd like have these chats and if you said something funny on there then the admins would give you star points which is which is like an early retweet essentially it was like retweets and favorites before that was a thing and i became obsessed with not only getting star points but becoming an admin i was desperate to be an admin i was like 13 power mad desperate to be an admin so what i did was i saw that the way they made people admins was if they would translate the website for them into other languages so i told them that i could speak greek and of course I would you did tra- translate the website into greek and then they said can you just like just as an example can you translate this page and then i sent them back a translation of it and they said okay well you can't be an admin because you obviously can't speak greek and i was like, what do you mean this is all greek and they were like it's like a seven thousand word page and you sent it back within two minutes i mean obviously you just put this through freetranslation.com which is exactly what i had done <laughs> and then um i had to set up a new account and then try and become an admin on that account but then they saw i had the same ip address basically i was just this 13 year old power mad Starpoint lunatic desperate for friends on the internet somehow losing that as well that makes me feel 
so much better. The the parallels really are quite terrifying um, because within my personalised fan fiction, I I was a big George Sampson fan. Still on my list of people. What's he up to? What's he up to now? <laughs> Is he still dancing in the rain? He's, he's dancing in the rain of my tears and heart that he's not fine. <laughs> um, I think he's in musical theatre now. I say think, I know. I can probably tell you where he's supposed to be right now, but he's not. <laughs> oh, seriously, this is still ongoing. You still I, genuinely hold a candle. I, I think I think my obsession now is supposed to be some sort of uh, c- comedy arm of my personality, but that's just me in absolute denial that maybe I, I'm still in love with him. Uh, maybe. How old, is George, how old is George Sampson? He must be 27 this year. Right, come on. There's no must be. There's no must be about this. <laughs> He's 27 in When's June. his birthday? <laughs> He's 27 <laughs> yeah, in June, um, <laughs> I hate my life. Um, <laughs> God, I'm such a sad, sad individual. Um, but Look, that's what this podcast is all about, finding out how obsessed people are with George Sampson. To be honest, you're the first guest that's actually brought that up. But, you know, it's been a pretty George Sampson-based quiz so far uh so you wrote stuff about george sampson wrote, and that wasn't for someone else you wrote that for yourself I, I, so i was part of um a forum uh for george sampson and the admins on the forum were gods that's all i wanted i wanted admin status uh on this forum and to do that i realized that you know the more popular you got within the the forum threads of you know niche george sampson facts or you know whatever or you know pictures of you as close to him as humanly possible or finding out his <laughs> sister's phone number all of things um we did a- oh my god wow yeah i used to have his mum on facebook Dark. until about a year ago and i i realized and thought that's something that that shouldn't exist is it no that's yeah i don't i think he doesn't even still speak to his mum maybe because she added loads of his fans on facebook and let them get too close to him <laughs> yeah i'd probably break up with my mum over that too <laughs> <laughs> she's just selling his dirty underwear but yeah i realized that i needed ultimate popularity on this forum um to appease my ego i suppose and you know also to get that one step closer to marrying george i do like the logic that george sampson would only marry someone who is the admin <laughs> of the fan fiction group as in it's already insane for a celebrity to marry someone who's writing fan fiction about them but him going, no, no, I wouldn't do that. That's a bit far. But if they're the admin, if they're running the group, then fine. They've clearly got a sense of control and power and authority. Exactly. And it's the ultimate respect, you know, wow, of, of all the women that, women, girls, I want to know that if I'm going to pick one of them, it's the one that really cares the most about myself and the community around her. You know, what selflessness she must possess not only is she an incredibly talented writer she's uh she's also very um logical (laughs) she's willing to punish people who break the rules of this community uh what was it about george sampson that was so appealing other than so presumably you were attracted to him but what his dance moves the fact he was wearing wet clothes I mean, I was I was 11 when this began, um, so I don't even think it was any kind of sexual desire. I just, I loved, I loved his sob story. I thought that was that was very nice. Um, what was his sob story? Um, I just that uh, he was poor, and then 
Ah, now, Billy Elliot. It was yeah, Billy Elliot, wasn't it? I forgot. And then bullied, and then he had a spine problem. Um, I'm really paraphrasing here, but you know, you know, you don't need to know all of his woes because there are so many positives we can talk about. Um, but yeah, he, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just, I just loved him. I loved him so deeply. I, I really thought that he was just the best person in the in, in entire world and I think as well because I was so desperately uncool um and not at all athletic the fact that he was a street dancer might give me a bit of like credibility but you know, that, <laughs> so that was because a you wish <laughs> because you didn't do well in PE <laughs> yeah. you thought if, that if you got if you got off with a boy who knows how to front flip <laughs> while dancing to a remix by mint royale of singing in the rain (laughs) that you that you would suddenly all the pe kids all the athletes at school would respect you (laughs) just based on the nepotism of george sampson a a completely different feel a completely different sport you thought oh fair enough all right look okay i guess it we don't need to hammer this (laughs) i wasn't thinking particularly straight on any of this but still i i wrote some which now I realise is really depressing. I said to you before we did this, I was I was really excited that I'd found um this story that I'd written and every week girls would message going, What's happened next? I've got to I've got to hear the next spin. I was like, Yeah, I'm on to a Pulitzer Prize. This is gonna get published and then he's gonna fall in love with me. Again, I just thought that the more obsessed I was, the more likely he'd be obsessed with me. Which so have is you got some? Say how I go about my dating life. Uh, yes, have I you do. got some that we can listen to? <sighs> Are you ready? I'm ready. Wait, first of all, a li- little bit of context. How many chapter? Are they called chapters. Fan fiction. How many chapters did you write? Um, I think, I think seventeen, and that was because the <laughs> fucking hell. That's because the story was called Seventeen and. Um, that's because that was the num his door number. <laughs> oh my god! His door number. Whoa. Did you know this? Did you know the street? Yeah, yeah. This is. I mean, this, what you're saying is genuinely incriminating. Yeah, I'm slowly <laughs> starting to realise that. You know, when I talked about this when I was younger, it wasn't at all. It was just sweet and a bit strange. No, now, you were never. You were never going to go there. But- no, but you wanted no, to know. I was never going to go there, was I? No, don't be dumb. All right, let me ask you this. Okay, did did you go there? I did go there, yeah. Oh, you did go there. Yeah. Fuck me. And do what? What did you do when you were there? Oh, there was um, <laughs> there was a group of us. Um, I, why am I so willingly giving this information away? Uh, there was a group of us that would go there every weekend, and we'd sit outside and hope that he'd have to go out and get milk or something and he was very nice to us it's very amiable so what you're telling me is that because of you george sampson has been in lockdown <laughs> for decades yeah. <laughs> yeah well you know then the restraining order came in so it was fine and um... yeah i wouldn't be surprised i can't handle 17 chapters but i would love to hear the the selected samples um from the george sampson 17 story if possible right actually let's let's start with the beginning so you can get a real sense of tension yes please 
It wasn't the fact it was dark that worried her the most or made her feel the most disorientated. It was the fact she knew exactly where she was and she had no idea what to do with herself next. Street lamps flickered like fireflies and she looked up at the door. Seventeen, she whispered. Even before she knew about this place, seventeen was an important number to her. Seventeen people in her life that let her down. I was twelve, <laughs> the age she knew she could get away from things. And now, most importantly, it's what brought her here. Just do it, Is This is what you've been waiting for your whole life. His face appeared in her head. She had not once met him, but she had studied his image ever since the first time she heard his name. These days, it was down to YouTube and talent shows she knew about people, which was hardly the romantic way she planned on finding out about the person she wished to spend the rest of her life with when she was small. But his voice was high and smiley, and she was convinced. 17 places I could be right now. Just do it. She rang the bell. She wasn't even sure if it was the right one. She just had a feeling and promised herself if it was the wrong one, she would go home. Hello? Is anyone there? Hello? The voice from the intercom was unknown. And just as she was about to walk away, she saw a light turn on in the nearest window. A head popped out the curtain. Oh, hi. Um, may I come in, please? <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? I'm sorry, I don't recognise you. It's Isabella. I mean, is. Look, I know you don't know me, but please, just five minutes. The door buzzed and she sighed. Her clothes were dripping wet and she looked most embarrassed. A lady was peering through a small crack in the door she made by slowly opening it. As most cracks are made, you'd assume. <laughs> this was London. She could have been anyone. But the minute Iz got to the top of the stairs, she knew exactly who she had come face to face with. A motherly figure stood there, and only instinct could tell she wanted to get her out of those wet clothes and get her dry. <laughs> I'm Iz. Yes, I gathered from the intercom. Yes, um, I'm ever so sorry to trouble you and everything at this time of night. She slumped and looked down at the woman's slippers. It's just, I've nowhere else to go. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, love, but I know exactly what you're implying. Mum? Is his heart thumped, raced and thwacked with passion. A dark shadow appeared inside the hallway. A head appeared out of the dark. Oh my God! Although she tried to say it under her breath, the reason she was there had all of a sudden become apparent. Who is it? Just go back inside. It's just some silly, silly girl. Look, it's, um, I'm sure someone's worrying about you. It was him. It was George. My screaming turned to excessive tears. I like the change of, uh, yep. You best come inside. The neighbours will complain. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's that's a bit of how uh, I... Oh, my God. Okay, there's a lot to unpack there. It's so funny. I mean, the, the Freudian slip to, the, to my oh, no. at the end of that. <laughs> my I screaming. Screamed. I mean, she is screamed. <laughs> Uh, I like that you said if it was the wrong house, then she would go home. I was like, well, yeah, oh. I mean, you're not, <laughs> not going to come in. You can't come in to <laughs> someone else's like, oh, house. Well, you're quite fit. I suppose I could stay with you instead. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, it's number 17. I mean, I'm not going to, I've, I've made <laughs> exactly. a journey. The coincidence um, has already been established. What a waste for me to leave. Um, the, when you, I like that you turn up in or isabella sorry turns up in dripping wet clothes which is yeah dress dress like the guy you love that's the old <laughs> phrase isn't it dress for the husband you want 
in dress like him dripping wet clothes and no wonder as well you you were rea- you reacted like it was a bit weird and creepy that the mum's instinct was to get you out of those dripping wet clothes you got to bear in mind this is george sampson's mum she does nothing but get children out of wet clothes okay that's pretty much her whole job is constantly going come on let's get you out of those wet clothes it's become a catchphrase for her i was i was really playing her to 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 her love language exactly yeah going oh it's one of us one of us yeah exactly and the only other thing i noticed is that quite a lot in the intro to that you use the phrase just do it which to me implies that you were a young influencer and you were sponsored by nike for this whole (laughs) this whole piece of fan fiction is nike propaganda hashtag ad at the end of that this is in the pre-hashtag ad days but you know, I wouldn't put it past you. You are correct. I was uh, a trailblazer. I was I was before my time, Bruce, and <laughs> you and Michael Jordan back in those days yeah, it was. were the only ones. <laughs> Fair enough. So that's chapter one. Yeah. How does this escalate? I mean, maybe can you give us something from like chapter seven? Okay. So basically, just you know, to get you up to speed, because you're dying to know what happened next. Um, she was let in to George's flat and moved in with him. Um, <laughs> obviously um, and he doesn't quite know why she's so erratic and strange um, but there's a phone uh, that she has concealed in a drawer that he's recently found and that phone is going to reveal why she has run away from her life but you know they seem to be pretty chill about the fact that this 17 year old girl has run away um, and landed herself. And just moved in immediately to George Sampson's house. Moved in immediately, asked absolutely no questions. Um, and yeah, so you ready? This is, oh, this I've is never like been more ready. Into... <laughs> Why is this so scary? Um, okay. <clears throat> George, can I have a word, please? <laughs> Leslie, his mum. Voice boomed, just in case you didn't know, but I'm sure you did. Voice boomed around the flat and she worried about is upsetting the neighbours. God, mum, it's early. Keep it down. It's ten past bloody eleven. We were supposed to be at that magazine shoot a whole hour ago. Oh, uh, really? He tried to sound unconvinced and uninformed. (laughs) Although he knew his mother could see past lies like that. (laughs) George, ever since that girl has stepped foot into this house, you've changed... Oh, come on, Mum. This is extreme. (laughs) And anyway, don't shout. She'll hear you. She's been through a tough time. Tread careful. She can't bloody hear me, George. I sent her to get some milk. You can't pick and choose, you know. Ugh, sometimes, boy. (laughs) (laughs) She was really up on this, and missing the shoot wasn't the first one. There had been others, which just so happened to be forgotten about, mislaid and undercared for. His social status between stars had gone right down and press hadn't sighted him for days. She's gone on her own. No, George, I sent some fairies with her too. Does she know where she's going? She managed to find this place, all right? She'll find the corner shop fine. I'm just saying, George, I love her to pieces as much as you. This random girl we took in three days ago. She's a charm to have, but seriously, just because she's here doesn't mean you have to drop things. Your sister's coming down tomorrow. She'll keep her company. Um, so, oh, and then, oh, oh my Christ. Okay, it's just, George walked out of the room, his head in his hands. I think, what love? Nothing, mum. It's just, I think I love her. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Mm. Great. 
And you weren't an admin. I mean, this is admin level stuff, surely. I agree. I also wasn't arrested. So let's be be thankful for small mercies. (laughs) There's something very visually funny about someone walking out of a room with their head in their hands. I mean, it's not not, not really something you do while moving. Really uncomfortable. Um, Yeah, it's just a walking thinking man. Is that George Sampson? I like that uh, in this story, George has dropped everything for you. He... Says he loves you twice. Yes. For is, sorry. But as we know from the chapter one, (laughs) that is you. Um, You've destroyed his career in a way. Mm. So the press, the press is all gone. He's lost his focus. And now he, all he cares about is me. It's kind of you. Yeah. Um, Is that what you wanted? Yeah. I mean, surely. I don't understand the issue you're raising here. Surely you wanted him to continue to be famous though, because you liked, you, you liked that he was a public figure. Um, or did you just you just liked him so you just went no your whole life is now me yeah no I think the the love was so tender true and deep that I was I was way past the fact that he was famous I loved him for who he was deep down as a person and clearly I was the only person who understood who he really was and I needed to get him away from the aggression of fame and media um so yeah I sabotaged but did you want him did you did, did you want him to keep dancing? For me, yeah, like a like a just pet, private dancer. <laughs> yeah. You just wanted George Sampson as your own private dancer, a live-in private dancer. I... But it's not that he lives in your house; you live in his family home, yes. his his flat with his mum. <laughs> Absolutely astonishing. Can okay, okay. Let's hear. The, I want to. Need, I need to know how this concludes. I need to know how this story where it gets to. Okay. Do you have the end? Do you have the end of it, or or maybe? Okay, no, I've I've got the perfect bit for you. It's making my entire body cringe. I just want to vomit. Which chapter is this? Um, we've we've gone ahead four chapters. This is chapter nine. She's okay. So they're now madly in love with each other, but pretending that you know that's not apparent. And uh, she says that she wants to go meet his fans um, because they're all outside her house. <laughs> And, and how would she I know no that? Idea. Absolutely no idea. <laughs> the creative license here is just really quite stunning. Such promise from an early age. <laughs> then uh, she announces within this that they're all very talented. And um, she actually uh, recognizes one of them from her singing career that she's only just brought up. Wow. And she starts to sing him a song of which I've written the lyrics for. Oh, Perfect. Perfect. Of course you have. Imagine they've. Imagine they'd have been printed on badges all over the oh, school. God. And I think this is supposed to be like a, an interlude into the next bit of the story. So you know, just to mix it up a bit, instead of having another bit of prose, I thought I'll just throw in a bit of poetic storytelling as well. And oh, Jesus Christ! And it goes like this: Their life was almost fairy tale, but not enough for fans to tell. And this story would be prettier if it was in poetry and lyrical. So I've decided their lives will rhyme just like once upon a time. Just a prelude of effects. Pardon. She had not received one single text until today. It was short and it read, We miss you all. Our love, come home. She wondered why the sim was put back in her phone and looked at George. Their eyes met upon a gaze again. Les and Rosie knew they were no longer friends, but nearly lovers from the future. No signs of blogs on fans' computers. And they were happy and they were sweet. Life was good and it was neat. But what happens next would spoil the dream. 
just see what wow. three girls can achieve. Wow. It, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's all, it's all, it's all fucking insane. So, the sim, the sim has been put back into her phone by by someone else. Yes. Um. And yeah. And she's now thinking that her big secret's about to be. Oh, but what? And so, what, what, Les and Rosie. Uh, yes. it, I mean, obviously we've skipped ahead, but who are they? <laughs> uh, that's his mum and sister. Obviously. Oh, Leslie, Leslie, right? I see. Okay, cool. Yeah. I was thinking, are they your She's... parents getting in touch to say, "Where the hell have you gone? Why have you moved? <laughs> Why have you moved away to live with the dancer from Britain's Got Talent?" Um, I think you're really playing to the audience. Uh, who are reading this by talking about how you just got to get to know these girls on the doorstep. Sure, I've got a way in because I'm different. I but... just wanted to be an admin. I was trying to state this, I think. It's... it's like, look, I am different and he does like me more, but I'm on our side. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You are, I mean, it's, I'm amazed you're not a politician. I mean, that is a manifesto, what you've written there. <laughs> you've written policies, essentially, to the, to the George Napton fan fiction community. Yeah, it's why I should rule them all. So... I agree. This is where it starts getting tricky in the story, right? This is where Jeopardy really starts coming into the story a little bit more. Yeah. So how does this manifest? What what happens at the end of the story? Presumably it's a happy ever after, but like where does it get properly tricky? So I'm 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 going to paraphrase most of this for you because it's just so bloody long. Um <laughs> it's really not worth reading. Uh but basically he, she finds out that it's George that's put the sim back in her phone and she feels ultimately betrayed by her one true love. Um, and he has read some text messages uh, from her parents saying, please come home, we're worried about you. Um, and he goes to call but never quite get, gets there. And then the thing in the end of the poem about three girls is these three girls from, um, from where she lived turn up to sit with the fans outside George's flat and reveal that she has killed someone and that's why she's on the run. <laughs> oh my God. What? what are you? That's it. I mean, um, yeah, as far as twists. Deadly serious. Yeah. It's fan fiction. Is, is the fan fiction world famous for twists like that? Um, no, that and is... that's why <laughs> I, I was just so damn good at it. I mean... To be fair, if I was a detective and I was looking for a murder suspect, the last place I'm looking is George Sampson's house. <laughs> it's the absolute bottom of the list. How did George Sampson react to um, the fact you're a murderer? She, uh, he forgave her. He was like, you know what? You know, I've, I've fallen so madly in love with you and you're clearly a complex individual and I care about you. So don't worry about it. We'll, we'll get through this together. So this goes far beyond what I thought this fan fiction was, which is just uh, you've written a thing about a boy that you're obsessed with, a famous boy you're obsessed with, and you've made him love you. Not only that, you've made him forgive you for the worst <laughs> act a person can do. You, you've, you, Such a <laughs> the love child. that I you've mean, written in this. I mean, I was twelve or thirteen when I wrote this story. <laughs> so it comes to the point where I must score your work. Um, the George the George Sampson series uh, on three categories. Those categories are, uh, of course, originality, pure teen horniness, and um, <laughs> Mickey Mouse Club. Ryan Gosling, Ryan Goose score. How close is it to your work now? Does it show the potential of a future star? So, first of all, originality. Look, 
Um, it's pretty original. I mean, I wasn't really big in the fanfic scene. I don't know if you heard, but I was quite busy managing rock bands and trying <laughs> yes, to translate yeah. it into Greek. So I didn't have time for that. But it isn't similar to the only other fanfiction I've heard, which is Everwood fanfiction. It's not very similar to that at all. So I'd say it's pretty original. You've written yourself into the story as this girl called Isabella. You've got the whole repetition of the 17 thing. It's like it's poetic in that. And then Thank it's you. there's just... There's a little, I like the element that you're turning up in dripping wet clothes because you're trying to, you know, impress him, dress for the job you want. Uh, I like that she says phrases like, George, can I have a word? Which is quite an adult phrase for a 12-year-old to be using. Originality, so I'm going to give it. And also you wrote, you put song lyrics in there to mix it up because you knew, oh, if it's all prose, people will get bored. And you decided twist. She's a murderer. She is a murderer. That is a good twist. I mean, I don't know how original the twist is, but it's definitely (laughs) for for fan fiction. It's very original. Yeah, of course. Sorry. How could I neglect the twist? So originality, I'll go four out of five for originality. Uh, Pure teen horniness. Now, whether or not it was intentional, the horniness is off the scale. I mean, it's it's, you you literally break into a man you fancy's house start living there with him and his mum and destroy his career so that he will fall in love with you and it's not revealed till much later that actually this is all just a ruse because you're a killer on the run so mm. five out of five i got i mean it'd be insane to give it anything less than five out of five Thank you. i've got to go five out of five uh mickey mouse club does it show does it show the potential for a future star um I mean, it's deep. You've you've written some poetry that's got some depth to it. A lot of the there's poetry you've written that's about actually, actually, okay. So you've written poetry about heartbreak quite a lot. You've Mm -hmm. also written a lot of poetry about um, technology and looking at your phone Mm -hmm. and wanting wanting to you know potentially escape that trap. This is a story about (laughs) tricking a man (laughs) into falling in love with you, and the way that it gets resolved is he puts a SIM card in your phone. Wow. So, I mean, it's pretty. I mean, there's definitely elements there. I mean, it's. That's just. <laughs> so I'm going to go four out of five. Yes. It's got to be four out of five yes. for Mickey Mouse Club. That's a that's a very I'm high score. I'm so thrilled. Um, I couldn't be happier. This is the best thing that's happened to me 13, all month. Thirteen. Thirteen out of fifteen. I mean, some people prefer to get a low score because of what these categories are. <laughs> but it's good to see that you've taken it in your stride. Look, I'm so I'm nicely. Proud. Thirteen I'm out of proud. fifteen. Thank you very it's much. Very good score. Now it comes to the time where I must share um, something I wrote with you. Uh, and this is a poem, of course. I wanted to get some proper poetry analysis for the first time on this show. So this is a poem. Um, it's called In Truth. It's on brand. I chose it for you specifically because of some of the things we just talked about. Thank you. It's on brand. And uh, I was older than I'd like to admit when I wrote this. Okay. So ready? Excited. In Truth. <clears throat> when I take out my phone and stare nothingness into the menu, that's when I know I'm alone. Nothing inhabits me, vacant perpetually, desperately texting these messages meant to be met with collective acceptance and glee at my heterogeneity. Yet I'm neglecting to reference the deity, playing me, baying for blood as it's slaying my brothers and taking my love as it hates none above my complacency. You take my place and see whether your face can be chased base and tastefully placed by this blatant fiend, racing to waste and erase all my dreams, hastening now to disgrace all that seems holy. The true nature of lonely is seen on the screen of the true one and only. Oh, that's not fair. Hmm. <laughs> Why is it not? What do you mean? Well, because, you know, that that's actually bloody brilliant. And everything I've just read you is 
suggesting that my future might not be so bright. Um, yeah, but you were you were twelve. I was twenty. <laughs> I, yeah. So okay. Even even the fact I wrote that at twenty, I find embarrassing. Uh, I think it's pretty on brand that I end a poem um, calling myself the true one and only. Yeah, love. I mean that. <laughs> That's that's some balls. <laughs> yeah. Um I no, do you know what I thoroughly enjoyed that you were your own muse and that was revealed at the end. <laughs> Thought that was that was a that was pretty cool. <laughs> it wasn't meant that wasn't meant to be a twist. That's just me revealing too much about my thought process. Uh, uh but it's got great cadence. Like your uh, yeah, that's right. Your poetry word. <laughs> it's the only one I know. Um the yeah, the the the, the meter very, very good. It was like a rap. You, it was angry. What was it that was bothering you so much? That's what yeah, I would have liked more of from from there. I felt like you found a rhyming scheme and you ran with the rhyme, <laughs> as opposed to uh, getting getting your message across. It it wasn't your best piece of storytelling, I will say. How about this then? Okay, if you, see if you can find meaning in this. You take my place and see whether your face can be chased, base, and tastefully placed. What the fuck? I mean, chased for a start. Oh, I'm I mean, like I don't aged. know how that applies. I'm imagining um, a lovely chicken baster. Oh, no, it's base as in B-A-S-E. But, I mean, based would be better if I <laughs> see whether you can be based, basted <laughs> like a lovely roast. Like, um, like a gorgeous Christmas turkey. Um, yeah, I know you really lost me on that bit. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, it is, it's nonsense. It's absolute drivel. Like um, most so of my I, work. <laughs> I need you to score that now on the same categories. First of all, originality, a four out of five. What are you thinking? I mean... I've, I have just published a whole collection centred around that idea. So I'm going to give both of us a one in that respect. I don't, I don't think it's... Uh, Charlie, I think you'll find I did this nine years ago. Uh, so really, uh, um, <laughs> I'm the true uh, I, I'm the true one and only. I don't know if I made that clear. Uh, yeah, no, you, you but, did make that clear. But also um, I wrote my collection when I was 24. So I win. So uh, I've, I stand by one point. I'm sorry. Fine. One. one out of five for originality. Um, pure teen horniness. Oh, I'm going to give that a four. You're you're angry. Like that's that's something pent up deep inside you, and I'm just going to assume that that. Yeah, passion... I was. It's mad because I was twenty, so I wasn't even a teen. But I do say I look at my phone and I can't remain chaste. So I would agree with a four out of five. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a four or four and a half because also the way that you really get into the the rhyme and the rhythm of it is yeah that quickening of pace yeah too too many too many puns for me here um i'm i'm gonna yeah four and a half (laughs) okay four and a half and finally mickey mouse club ryan gosling ryan goose score how close is it to my work now does it represent what my vibe my current vibe oh i suppose it does a little bit it, it does. Um, do you know? I'm, I I do think it it does in a sense. You know, you're taking, uh, obs- you know, it's observational. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say a three. Three. Okay, I'll take it. Uh, so eight point five out of five plays to 13 out of sorry eight point five out of fifteen to thirteen out of fifteen. Um, <sighs> so you win. 
but uh, I win at being the biggest. You loser. win, yeah. We're both losers, so it don't, I wouldn't. I wouldn't count it as a victory. So now we come to the time for your final piece, the piece you're going to have to play us out um, that will put production under, music under, whatever is most appropriate. What have you got? I wrote um, an angry open letter poem to Zac Efron because I'd had a dream that he was supposed to be my first kiss and he was not. So this was how I got out my frustration. Wow. Okay. So so Samson's in the dirt and we're on to Efron. <laughs> Oh, Zac Efron, where were you? Who was this imposter who smelt like Wrigley's Extra and half a can of Foster's? I had pizza to serve you and Twister to play, a new Topshop bra I bought especially that day. Zac Efron, you'd lied. I'd just turned 14, waiting for my first kiss that you'd promised me in that dream. Instead of your arrival, you'd sent this awkward kid. Sure, he was tall and gentle, best intentions underlid. But when we kissed, I was nervous. My whole body shook with cold. Gone was back of the hand practice. Gone was the advice I'd been told. There I was, unimpressed, dull and mute instead. Convinced I had no business kissing anyone again. No kicking jump or jazz hand finale. No brash American accent. I had a great night, Charlie. Why were you that night? At some red carpet affair? No excuse will work. You're a dick that doesn't care. A no-show and a fake. You're a disappointment at best. Sorry, Zac Efron. I lay my crush to rest. Oh, wow. Exercising demons like never before. It's more mature than the um, Samson stuff because you're over it. I mean, there's, yeah. there's feminism in that. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, it, I'm very impressed by rhyming jazz hand finale with your own name. That's impressive. Okay. Jazz hand Thank finale. You. So high school musical. That's high school musical, isn't it? Um, yeah. Awkward kid, tall and gentle. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, mate, that's the feedback. Tall and gentle. I'd say that's a positive. Awkward kid. Of course you're a kid. Um, um, and once also, again. he smelt like... Wrigley's extra and half a can of Foster's. Yeah, just to, just just to wrap up the perfect circle once again. You got Wrigley's extra, Foster's, Twister, Topshop, all listed, influencing since day one. It's just <laughs> constant influencing. There's hashtag spawn she throughout. She loves the brand. <laughs> she loves the brand. Spawns throughout. <laughs> There it was, Charlie Cox with her ridiculous, semi-threatening George Sampson fan, inverted commas, fiction, where it turned out she was living in his house because she was on the run from the police after committing murder. Zac Efron, you got off lightly, mate. Although you singing We're Breaking Free would have taken on a new meaning if she'd written something similar about you. Uh, if you listen to the podcast not knowing who George Sampson is, then I frankly admire your commitment. Um, but do Google him and watch his BGT performances during the popular street dance era of Britain's Got Talent before the public moved on to dogs who've been tricked and then finally comedians of all people um as well as her books charlie has a lockdown newsletter about trying to find love in these quarantine times it's really funny it's all about zoom dates and stuff like that so go on her twitter uh to find all details of how to sign up for that i also have a mailing list i'm doing which i've copied from her um but mine is just a weekly funny email i suppose it's not about trying to find love you can sign up at reesejames.co.uk if you want to receive that um as ever subscribe to the podcast tell your friends from two meters away all about early work uh, and do give us a rating on apple Podcasts if you want i will see you next week
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.